Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Show banter. Yeah, hopefully this um, works. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be amazing. All right, straight. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Bible breakdown. Welcome back. This is this is exciting. This is exciting. I'm using my NPR voice for two reasons today. One, this is our first ever like in-person record for the Bible breakdown. That is correct. And also because I've decided I'm just gonna be a cooler person. I want to be more persuasive and I'm learning like people don't like emotional women. That's usually just not persuasive. It is not. What brought about this? Just the, the recent experiences? Yeah, just observation. So if I want my goals, if I want to be persuasive, guess one of my goals is really to get people to realize what a terrible book this is. And um, I don't have more power than 2,000 years of branding. But um, like Steven Universe said, I can make a difference. Yeah. I can make a change. So what's up with you, T? That is a very tall task um, <laughs> that you just described. I'm very capable. You are capable. Um honestly don't know what's going on with my life right now. Going to a wedding. I'm going to Florida, so I'll get some vacay time. In a couple of days, that's going to be cool. Um, one of my high school friends is getting married um, to someone who is way... It's a May-December romance. Yeah, who's way older than him. Or, um, yeah. So, this is going to be interesting. Um, but, you know what... I'm not actually shocked that he's doing this um, because just knowing the person that he's been from the time that I've known him since I was like a freshman in high school um, or maybe even eighth grade because my high school um, was also attached to the junior high. So I've known him for a while anyway. Um, he's always just been a different dude. Like, but that's also one of the reasons I fuck with him because he's never like a guy who like tried to be somebody he wasn't. And so him marrying somebody who we traditionally would be like, why the fuck are you doing that? Is like, no, that makes sense for his character. Tracks for him. Yeah. I'm happy for That's him. That's one of the storylines in that show I was telling you about earlier. I've been watching Emily in Paris, and I didn't think I'd like it, but I'm just tragically into it. Mm -hmm. It's very, uh, ugh, ugh, I'm not proud of myself for liking it. But there's a character on there that reminds me of you. And there's also now they just introduced a character. He's like this young like photographer, and he's like super into this older woman. But it's Paris, so like they're kind of into older women over there. Yeah. So Maybe I should have been French. Maybe you do look Creole. <laughs> Does that? This is another way to say I'm look mixed. I mean, yeah. 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 P Valley's I mean, back we are. on. Since we're talking huh? about shows, P Valley is back on. I know. I'm excited to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't watched the first episode yet, I but I started I tried to. I watched The Boys last night and I fell asleep. Oh, I haven't even ever watched that. You never watched The Boys? No. It's, it's like superheroes, though, right? 
Yeah, it's ultra violent. Like a lot of times I have to close my eyes for parts. But you know what? We're not here to review like well-made popular culture. We're here to review the Bible. That's well-made popular culture. What is? The Bible is well-made popular culture. And see, that's why I'm here to push back on that narrative. I don't think it was particularly well-made. But oh it God. is part of popular culture, so you're right there. I don't even have it on my phone. What did we talk about last time? Um, I would let you know if I had the Bible app on my phone, but I don't, <laughs> so let me pull it up. S- okay. Side story. Well, um, this relates to what we're talking about because okay. of what I'm doing. I'm downloading it on my phone. But um, I remember doing this thing in my house one time because um, I do acting and stuff. And we needed to do a scene and we needed a Bible. And somebody was like, hey, do you have a Bible, T? And I was like, I have an iPad with the Bible on it. And they were so shocked that I did not have a Bible in my home. They were like, how can you not have a Bible in your house? I was just like, I don't have one. And How is it not burned down yet? <laughs> exactly. And so, anyway, and for the entirety of us pretty much doing this show, except maybe the first few episodes. I've never had a Bible. Um, I always look at this on the internet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, just download it on my phone. Thank you for sitting through that story with me. Hold on. Let the face ID Well, work. I was going to do a quick recap of last yeah, go week. Because I think it was, um, to me, it was kind of more evidence that this is a, um, a scam that Aaron and Moses were running on the Israelites. And um, there were... Um, some threats. It looked like Aaron's rod budded to show that God liked him best. And um, yeah, the budding of Aaron's rod, um, the priestly portions. Once again, there's so many directions on how you're supposed to give stuff to the Lord and the fact that the Lord only wants to deal with Moses. So when you come with your bullshit about how the whole congregation is holy, Get ready to be wiped out. Yeah, y'all know me. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what all whatever you said, that was what happened. <laughs> um, I'm. I don't know. Maybe we'll have a different energy because again, this is the first time we've recorded in person doing this. So yeah. maybe, uh, maybe that'll be you know a little change. Um, starting with me, I am doing Numbers 19. This is the new. Hold on, because this is not the revised standard version. Ooh, get us together. Well, I had to download the app, and then now they've given me some version that I wouldn't even use. Sure. It was the NIV version, whatever that stands sure. for. That's why you get so much shade for not having a physical Bible. Yeah, I wouldn't have this problem if I would have had a physical Bible. Have to, but isn't it funny that the Word of God has so many versions? Isn't that fun? Um... Maybe God's just fun. Come on, technology. Like people, like a dude was really trying to explain to me the other day about how like people, you know, like this helps them and ha- helps them have community. But it's like you can do all of this without the Bible. You absolutely can, um, which is something I learned through polyamory. Um, uh oh, come on, polyamory community and stuff. Um, but we can get all into that later. Let's we'll have some sure. time after this, especially because we're not using Zoom this time, so we don't really have a time limit. So this might we'll just see where it goes. But let's knock okay. out the boring parts. Okay. Okay. New revised standard version. <clears throat> Ceremony of the red heifer. Numbers nineteen. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the law. 
that the Lord has commanded. Tell the Israelites to bring you a heifer without defect, in which there is no blemish on which you on which no yoke has been laid. You shall give it to the priest Eleazar, and it shall be taken outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. The priest Eleazar shall take some of his blood with his finger and sprinkle it even and sprinkle it seven times towards the towards the front of the tent of meeting. Then the heifer shall be burned in his sight. Its skin, its flesh, and its blood with its dung shall be burned. <laughs> the priest shall take cedar wood, hypsop, and crimson material and throw them into fire, throw them into the fire in which the heifer is burning. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterwards he may come into the camp, but the priest shall remain unclean until evening. The one who burns the heifer shall wash his clothes in, wa in water and bathe his body in water. He shall remain unclean until evening. Then someone who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them outside the camp in a clean place. And they shall be kept for the congregation of the Israelites for the water for cleansing. It is a purification offering. The one who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. This shall be a perpetual statute for the Israelites and for the alien residing among them. Those who touch the dead body of, an, of any human shall be unclean seven days. They shall purify themselves with the water on the third day and on the seventh day, and so be clean. But if they do not purify themselves on the third day and on the seventh day, they will not become clean. All who touch a corpse, the body of the human being who has died and and do not purify themselves, defile the tabernacle of the Lord. Such persons shall be cut off from Israel. Since water for cleansing was not dashed on them, they remain unclean. Their uncleanness is still on them. This is the law. When someone dies in a tent, everyone who comes into the tent and everyone who is in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel with no cover fastened on it is unclean. Whoever is in the open field touches one who has been killed by a sword or who, who has died naturally or a human bone or a grave shall be unclean seven days for the unclean they shall take some ashes of the burnt purification offering and running water and shall be added in a vessel then a clean person shall take hypsop dip it in the water and sprinkle it on the tent and on the furnishings on the persons who were there and on whoever touched the bone the slain the corpse or the grave the clean person shall sprinkle the unclean ones on the third day and on the seventh day, thus purifying them on the seventh day. Then they shall wash their clothes and bathe themselves in water, and at evening they shall be clean. Any who are unclean but do not purify themselves, those persons shall be cut off from the assembly, for they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Since the water for the cleansing has not been dashed on them, they are unclean. It shall be a perpetual statue for them. Those who sprinkle the water for cleansing shall wash his clothes. And whoever touches the water for cleansing shall be unclean until evening. Whatever the clean person, whatever the unclean person touches shall be unclean. And anyone who touches this shall be unclean until evening. I mean, surely this is the word of God. Um, well, I think it relates to what you were just talking about uh, regarding community because you see if they um, touched anybody who was unclean they would be cut off and they basically could not come back until they purified themselves so I think that this church religion stuff has a lot to do with the, the psychology of how people work and how we we crave to belong towards something 
I think you see that. With, you, I mean, you see that with everything: sports, and religions, rituals. Because uh, once again, like this purification, politics. it's weird. It doesn't involve any soap. I mean, they use water, and they was hyssop. I don't know. So you have goop. They're not like using it. They're sprinkling it on stuff, though. They're not using it like soap. Huh? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm once again. I'm trying to stay very cool, calm, and collected. Um, but um, yeah, thank you for taking my it's point earlier. Huh? Hisop is a plant. Actually, it's called hisopis. Um, the technical term is hisopis officinalis. So it's not soap? It's not soap. It's a plant. It kind of looks okay. a little bit like lavender, or at least it has a lavenderish color. Cool. That, now that sounds like what how they're using it, like how lavender's used. It's like an essential, like you can put it in water and use it for like, yeah, make lavender water and it's mm. nice and relaxing and all that good stuff, but this just sounds like a bunch of people um, just stumbling around in the desert. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of that, so I feel like <laughs> so you should super. change your attitude. Maya Angelou said, <laughs> if you can't change something, change how you think about it. So okay. maybe that's what you should do when it regards to the stuff like this. All right. Once again, that's really easy to say when you're not being oppressed by this. My Angelou went through the, a lot of oppression. She was being oppressed by this as well. Her grandmother smacked her in the face for saying, by the way, because she thought she was blaspheming. Like, we're. By the way? Yeah, because she said <laughs> Jesus is the way. She was saying, like, she was using the Lord's name in vain because she said, by the way. And this was after she hadn't spoken in years. Like, after her rape, when she was silent for years and years, the first word she said to her grandmother was, oh, by the way, Mrs. Such and Such brought these books over. And her grandmother smacked her in the face for <laughs> saying, by the way. So, oh yeah, my it's a little old, oppressive. Old fucking Southern. Black women. Black yeah, it's and once again, it's Angelou's not. from what? Uh, she's from the she's from, from south, the right? north, but she went to go live with her grandmother in the uh, south. <laughs> it's her autobiography is very. But once again, why though? Because that's how. By the way, they got the slave rebellions to stop because they got us to convert to Christianity. Like that's a big part of the narrative that's left out. Is that they're like, ooh, you may share with us in our white lord, and we were like, yes. And it was a form of protection, like for black women, they knew, actually, my f- listen, I have a whole bunch of stuff to go into about this, but let's read the Bible because, um, you know, let's eat our vegetables. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Numbers 20, the waters of Meribath. The Israelites, the whole congregation came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month and the people stayed in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and against Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses, saying, Would that we have died when our kindred died before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness for us and our livestock to die here? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to bring us to this wretched place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. There is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went away from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting. They fell to their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and your brother Aaron, and command the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Thus you shall bring water out of the rock for them. Thus you shall provide drink for the congregation and their livestock. So Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock, And he said to them, 
Listen, you rebels. Shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hands and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water came out abundantly in the congregation and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me to show my holiness before the eyes of the Israelites, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These were the waters of Meribeth, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and by which he showed his holiness. Passage through Edom refused. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the kingdom of Edom. Thus says your brother Israel, You know all the adversity that has befallen us, how our ancestors went down to Egypt, and we lived in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians oppressed us and our ancestors. And when we cried out to the Lord, he heard our voice and sent an angel and brought us out of Egypt. And here we are in Kadesh, a town on the edge of your territory. Now let us pass through your land. We will not pass through your field or your vineyard or drink water from any well. We will go along the king's highway, not turning aside to the right hand nor to the left until we have passed through your territory. But Edom said to him, You shall not not pass through or we will come out with a sword against you. The Israelites said to him, We will stay on the highway and if we drink of your water, we and our livestock, then we will pay for it. It is only a small matter. Just let us pass through on foot. But he said, You shall not pass through. And Edom came out against them with a large force heavily armed. Thus Edom refused to give Israelites passage to the territory. So Israel turned away from them. The death of Aaron. They set out from Kadesh and the Israelites, the whole congregation, came to Mount Hor. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor on the border of the land of Edom, Let Aaron be gathered to his people. For he shall not enter the land that I have given to the Israelites, because you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribeth. Take Aaron and his son Eleazar and bring them up to Mount Hor. Strip Aaron of his vestments and put them on his son Eleazar. But Aaron shall be gathered to his people and shall die there. Moses did as the Lord commanded and went up to Mount Hor in the sight of the whole congregation. Moses stripped Aaron of his vestments and put them on his son Eleazar, and Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. When the congregation saw that Aaron had died, all the house of Israel mourned Aaron for 30 days. Wow. Wow. God, I was quick to turn on them. Man, it's, listen, live by the sword. I mean, you know, you've been <laughs> running this sacrifice game for so long, you might get sacrificed yourself. Yeah, that's how it goes. It is. That sounds, so much of this stuff is kind of, to me, when you're thinking about, like, if this was a real story, like, Moses and, like, Eleazar <laughs> killed Aaron, right? Um, is that what you took from it? That's the subtext I got from it, yes. Listen, in real life, like in real life right now, if you and two other guys <laughs> went up a mountain and only two of y'all came back and you said, yeah, the Lord killed him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think really well, happened? I mean, also. And and you took his clothes off of him, put them on the other dude. You came down wearing the other dude's clothes and be like, the Lord took him, you know. Yeah. Lord giveth and Lord taketh away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's. Um, and Miriam got shit. Like at least Aaron got mourned for 30 days. Miriam just died. She barely got a footnote. Like that was a huge honor. They were like, "Oh, Miriam died." But Moses about to die soon too. Yeah, I mean, listen, all these people need to go. <laughs> and also too, <laughs> this if story like is actually the great. king of if, if the king of Edom, like if he wouldn't let them through, why didn't the Lord like do that stuff he does when people disobey yeah. and like dog his people out? This is true. 
Also, I just took from that um he the king of Edom not letting them through was because they already fucked it up before. And they were like, I think so. <laughs> we're yes. not letting you back in here. Right. Y'all troublesome asses. <laughs> we're probably going to steal some. We remember that shit uh, y'all did before with the foreskin trick and slaughtered everybody. Like, you know, yeah. y'all have a reputation about you. And you just be killing like cows, like for purification. Once again, I have no idea how killing a cow is supposed to make the God of the universe cool with you. Yeah, but. This was a time of exploration, so we didn't know all this until... Yeah, time of ignorance, I think, is what you're... Well, I think ignorance breeds exploration. Like, if I don't know like if I don't know what something does, and I start to tinker mm-hmm. with it... Most people, once again, the reason we're reading in the Bible is because we explore. Most people don't. Well, I think expo- exploration has taken on a new meaning, because now we have a vast understanding of things in the world better than we would have had in this time. And so, the way we explore is different than how they would have explored sure once again these people don't seem like they're interested in learning much other than how to kill the people in the land so they can take it well i don't know i i, I think this last uh would this be chapter passage whatever i think this is pretty interesting because yeah they ended up uh kind of reaping what they saw or at least Aaron did but also Aaron because we had that one chapter where Aaron had beef with Moses and God had to step in and settle it mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I think this was just like Moses Moses got the last I word I think this was just Moses yeah doing that <laughs> yeah we already know Moses is pretty cool with killing a guy yeah that's it I mean like that's been his MO me, that's why like I don't want to venerate this this is a legacy of thuggery and like um warlords like this is so basically we haven't really changed that much no not at all like that's my whole thing like i don't want to worship warlords now and i don't think i should or the gods of warlords it's like my god is defending me in battle as long as you know like there's all this stuff where it's like except when he's not (laughs) (laughs) like just now with the king of edom i don't know i feel like you have a tall task ahead of you i do because this is a listen a girl needs something to do yeah well with that being said, on to number 21, the bronze serpent. Um, oh, sidebar. Did we talk about men last time? We talked about men, the movie Men, Alex Gardner. Garland. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh. Yeah, that movie's great. All right. Um, anyway, number 21, the bronze serpent. <sighs> this is a long one. When the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negab, heard that Israel was coming by the way of Atharim, he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. Then Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give his, give this people into our hands, then we will utterly destroy their towns. Well, damn. The Lord listened to the voice of Israel and handed over the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them in their towns, so the place was called Hormoth. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, but the people became impatient on the way. Wonder why. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness where there's no food and no water and we detest this miserable food? Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many Israelites might die. What the fuck? <laughs> The 
people came to Moses and said, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said to Moses, make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person will look at the serpent of bronze and live. The journey to Moab. The Israelites set out and camped in Oboth. They set out from Oboth and camped at Lyle Abiram. Lyle Abiram. I don't know why I couldn't get that word right. Lyle Abiram in the uh, wilderness bordering Moab towards the sun, toward the sunrise. From there, they sat out and camped into the Wadi's Arad. From there, they sat out and camped on the other side of the Arnon. In the wilderness that extends from the boundary of the Amorites for the Arnon, for the Arnon is the boundary of Moab between Moab and Amorites. Wherever it is said in the book of the in the war in the book, wherever it is said in the book of the war of the lords, Wahib. In Supath and the Wadis, the Arnon and the slopes of the Wadis that that extend to the seat of Ar and lie among the border of Moab. From there, they continue to bear to bear, and that is the well of that is the well of which the Lord said to Moses, "Gather the people together, and I will give them water." The Israel sang this song: "Oh, spring up, oh well, sing, spring up, oh well, sing to it." The well that the leader sank, that the nobles of the peoples dug with the scepter, with the staff. From the wilderness to Matna, from Matna to Nahalio, from Nahalio to Bamuth, from Bamuth to Valley Line in the region of Moab by the top of Pishgah that overlooks the wasteland. King shine defeated then israel sent messengers to king shine of the amorites saying let me pass through your land we will not turn aside into field or vineyard we will not drink the water of the well we will go by the king's highway until we have passed through your territory but shine but shine would not allow israel to pass through his territory Shine gathered all his people together and went out against Israel to the wilderness. He came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. Israel put him to the sword and took possession of his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok. As far to the as far to the Ammonites from the boundary of the Ammonites was strong. Israel took all these towns and Israel settled in all the towns of the Amorites in Heshbon and in all its villages. For Heshbon was the city of King Shion of the Amorites who had fought against the former king of Moab and captured all his land as far as the Arnon. Therefore, the ballad singers say, come to Heshbon, let it, oh, ballad singers say, come to Heshbon, let it be built. Let the city of Shion be established for fire came out from Heshbon, flame from the city of Shion, it devoured Ar of Moab and swallowed up the heights of the Arnon. Woe to you, O Moab. You are undone. O people of Chemosh, he has made his sons fugitives his and his daughters captives to an Amorite king, Shion. So their, posit, so their posterity perished from Heshbon to Debon 
and we laid waste until fire spread to Medeba. Thus Israelites settled in the land of the Amorites Moses sent to spy out Jazer, and they captured its villages and dispossessed the Amorites who were there. King Og defeated. They taken down all the kings. They turned and went up to the road of Bashan, and King Og of Bashan came out against them. He and all his people t- to battle at Edril. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not be afraid of him, for I have given him into your hand with all his people and all his land. You shall do to him as you did to King Shine of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon. So they killed him, his sons, and all his people until there were no survivor left, and they took possession of his land. Well, what the fuck? That was a final scene of Godfather 1, God, uh, Michael Corleone levels of taking out everybody. Because, um, you know, I'm trying to have these conversations with men. I really want to understand men. And these were, like I said, two men that I consider pretty open-minded. Like, they weren't um, I guess like because most regular men are really, really sexist. And so <laughs> just like most, I mean, it just, it's our society. It's not their fault. Like women are sexist too. So like these are two men that I didn't really consider all that sexist. We ended up talking, we're talking about like um, how one of them took their mom to church or went to church with his mom. And it was, uh, you know, a local church out here. I won't even say it, but it's a church. It's a mega church out here. It's a black mega church. And I don't really care for it because the the main pastor of it to me is wildly hypocritical. It's always teaching about how like, you know, um, basically staying like sexually pure and all this other stuff. And he has mad affairs on his wife. So to me, he's not someone worth listening to regularly. Um, and my, not that say he can't make a point, but it's not someone to me worth following because I don't like the way he lives his life. So anyway, his son's preaching now. And was talking about the new Kendrick Lamar album where the uh, couple is fighting. And to me, like, that was one of those, I mean, that that's, uh, that song or skit, however you want to phrase it, to me was like, wow, deeply relatable content. And he's trying to make the point, like, you know, that's why you need Jesus. So your shit isn't, like, messy like that. But, I mean, if I had to guess, most people are religious and they have really shitty relationships. Like, I don't feel like that's really helping people Yeah, I think out. that was a inaccurate statement <laughs> but whatever <laughs> and also i don't think well, i don't people say that because i don't that's why you need jesus like if the, what about all the people who do have jesus and still are getting their ass whooped or still have died <laughs> believe like i just yeah. i i heard something the other day um where somebody was like i guess i was listening to a podcast it was dan savage and he if you don't know who dan savage is he's a He's a, um he's a gay man. He's in a polyamorous relationship. He's married to his partner. But he had said something, and I think this relates not only to polyamory, but if you flip it to Christianity. And he was like, you know, people always talk shit about polyamory. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say shit. But he was like, you know, people always talk shit about polyamory. And, like, if the relationship doesn't work out, then people are say, oh, it's because you're being you were doing too much. Yeah, you sh- too it should much. only be you two. Like nobody ever, ever blames. D- well, nobody ever blames monogamy, but nobody ever just blames like these people didn't maybe just didn't work together or whatever. Or normalizing, normalizing breaking, breaking up. up. Like not every relationship is supposed to last forever. And so I feel like that about Christianity specifically, but really the whole idea of God. But since we both grew up in, well, I grew up. We both grew up in Christianity. Yeah. Um, And so I just feel like, you know, when somebody dies or whatever or 
they're in a shitty situation. Nobody, and they've spent their entire time praising God and doing what is quote unquote the right way or the way of the Bible. And it doesn't work out. Nobody's like, oh, well, you fucked up. You you bet on the wrong course. Nobody ever says that. Like, well, they, you it, it must be you. Out. Yes, you. You weren't doing it right. Because what's interesting to me about like when I would read about Scientology, like they do that same thing where it's like, well, it's not the tech. It's you're using it wrong. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but like I'm giving you all my money. I'm doing exactly what you're saying. And like it's still not working. So... Yeah, at what point do you admit, like, it does? to me, that's always been my biggest beef with it is the fact it doesn't work. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, it's also disgusting. Like, it's a bloody, disgusting, women-hating mess. But, like, um, to me, once again, it's so hard to get past Brandon. Yeah, that's why I said you have a tall task. I, do. I don't because I just choose not to engage, so. I don't feel like I. That's now like uh, it's a moral imperative now. Like I and also too like I can't, like I can't have life be worse for my daughter than it was for me. Like the whole reason I have privileges I have is because people before me like fought for that. So it's to me it's what I see as spirituality is acknowledging that I'm part of a continuum. Life isn't just about me. And that I need to do what I can for the people after me. But, you know, I have to fight against this bloodthirsty, um, you know, god of war. And I think I'm up to the task. And that's the thing. It never stops. That's the thing. Life is war. That's why the art of war is a classic. Like, you never get there. It's never like, you know, and now we've conquered it and happily ever after. It's like, no, there's always going to be another like ball of bullshit rolling towards you that you're gonna have to either dodge or fight or the thing is I think we'll do better as human beings if we work together and realize that this sky daddy concept isn't really serving us even if it did at some point which I would make the case that it hasn't but even if it did at some point it's not anymore except for black people it did serve as a survival mechanism in the torturous United States of America no, I don't. I would not <laughs> say that that helped at all. It just pacified us. Well, just a survival. Same way as like eating chitlins. Like I don't think we should do that anymore. But like, if it kept you alive long enough to Did keep it? surviving, I mean, I don't. I would have much, and obviously, I've never been a slave. But I would have much rather the mentality been like, "This is bullshit. We're in this situation. We're gonna get through, and we don't need to embrace that." You still need calories for that. That's where the shit ones come in. Right. And <laughs> also, too, it doesn't mean... But we didn't need the, the Bible. You kind of did because the abolitionists and, like, the, you know, nice white people who are helping you, a lot of them would have been They only did Christian. it because of the Bible, yeah. Yeah, like, what's interesting to me, it was, like, whether okay, you Okay, well, then I agree from that <laughs> standpoint. It's, like, whether you were a slaver or an abolitionist, like, you're still worshiping the same God, which is kind of weird. Like, is so is this a moral framework or not? Because you obviously came to two entirely different conclusions about what morality and ethics are. But that's so life. to me, that always just proves like we're not getting our ethics from the Bible because you can have people who claim they are and do two completely different things. Well, I just think that's life, though. Like we all will arrive to different conclusions anyway. Um, no, not for things that are real. Like we don't like we don't have a different like temperature for ice freezing than Chinese people. 
or you know like they don't measure gravity different over there fair but the way that it feels yeah but that's not real our feelings aren't based in reality all but the time. Th- it doesn't but that doesn't matter because yes, it does reality matters reality matters but what also matters is how i feel about the reality and so that is what you're combating you're not combating you're trying to say here are the facts actually this is very apropos um because yesterday i took my gre for um i'm trying to get into business school and there was a question on there for the analytical writing part that was saying it it brought up some description and it was just like you know when people are presented with the the facts this is a more solid um way to convince them or persuade them to be on your side versus um if you're being emotional quote unquote or you know if you're yelling at them or whatever like that and i would normally agree with that but something in me Maybe like, no, I kind of don't agree or disagree with this because when you are talking to somebody, you're always battling how they feel about it, regardless of if you give them the facts or not. And that can be an example of that is um, all the unarmed black people that have been killed, um, you know, for however long, but specifically over these last this last decade. Um, And then also uh, uh, COVID-19, like people have been presented with the facts that you know this is harmful to people and maybe we should mask or should mask up and get vaccinated but people don't give a fuck so when we have these discussions of what we're talking about i feel like whereas i understand where you're talking about reality and or the facts but you're not people don't care about that they care about how they feel in relation to the facts yeah that's uh like that's a bug not a feature of human beings the fact that we have to be like because to me it goes back to the whole santa claus thing like you don't want to like believe me when i say there's no santa claus or not you but i mean like i said like back in the day when people i would be explaining to my you know colleagues there's no santa claus like it's just your parents um i thought you might want to know and they're getting all mad at me, but it's like, I mean, just look at the reality of the situation. Like, poor kids aren't getting presents. You're getting presents. It's exactly what you, I mean, just none of it makes sense at all from top to bottom. And it's the same thing with this God person. But at the same time, we're so afraid of not getting presents. Like, we're so afraid of not being, it's like, you don't want to admit this was a way of your parents gaslighting you to get good behavior out of you. And it's the same thing with this guy person where people are still really afraid of hell. And that's a form of gaslighting to get behavior out of people. Like if you threaten people. And once again, we still still haven't had a hell yet presented in whatever we've read. You see, you would think that was that big. We're only like 5% into this thing. Still, but if those were the stakes. It's been like three years. We're three books in and we still haven't had I mean, like if, if there was a hell that you stay in forever if you piss this god off i feel like that should be mentioned right away but like the fact that yeah where are all these people who he's having murdered where are they going i mean imagine exactly like well for them it's Sheol, which is just sort of like the underworld like you know, like they kind of just think where all the spirits go, but like they didn't have it segregated into the good and the bad people. Sixty-six so books are in the Bible. Oh well, which which version of the Bible though? Because um, the Catholic 
this the is the one has more right that has the extra 14 that was removed which is will 14 what are these this is according to the google Apocrypha? the yeah th- that's the book it was or were those the other books there i see there's so much like look once again you have to remember like, i'll just the google this shit okay <laughs> they were editing for a while um, there's about 60 to 73 books in the sure, bible sure we've only read three we're going we're about to finish the third one so far like so again but once again like i feel like there's so many we how many instructions do we get about the lampstand is that more important uh, yeah a lot of it's just filler spending forever in hell a lot of it's just filler once again like this is a god who understands us like we know the things we hear first are more important so for right now it feels like it's way more important we know how much to sell slaves for and how to organize the lampstand and how to kill the animals just so and put a little bit of blood on your earlobe like this is these are little kisses from god like this is my instruction you know like all of this is just to me so apparently false but just like the santa claus stuff but nobody wants to hear it like you said because of how they feel about it it's like well i like christmas cookies it's like well bitch i like christmas cookies too i still eat christmas cookies i was talking about this with my roommate yesterday not santa claus or the bible but i think where your hang up up is (laughs) no i wouldn't say fuck up i think where your hang up is is how much it's oppressing me that (laughs) but also just I don't know. I feel like you have to give the appropriate amount of fuck. And often I feel like when we have these conversations, it comes across that you are this social justice warrior. What is wrong with being a social justice warrior? There's like, nothing necessarily wrong with it, but it becomes for social justice. But like you become that person. Doing, you become the Skylar. You become the Skylar on Breaking Bad. No, I don't. Yes, you. But that's how you come. Yes, you do. And everybody, hold on. I'm going somewhere with this. So just hear me out. Because I watched the video and they broke down like everybody hated Skylar. And he just to like speed it up. Basically, we all hated Skylar because we wanted Walter White to win. But hold on. Hold on. It's because she was dumb. No. But (laughs) in reality, if. What did she do wrong? She was in a she was forced into a situation and didn't leave. That was the thing. Like she, she tried, tried to, to leave. But stop what? stop commenting. Well, let me make my point because right. you're the Skylar. So anyway, she was forced into a situation. She tried to leave. She was threatened. Whatever. But anyway, the point of what I'm trying to say is is that if any of us had been placed in that type of situation, then we would have probably reacted the same way. We would have not wanted to be in that situation as Scholar did not want to be. And so, but because we, the way that the show is framed, it makes it, makes us hate that character because we like Walter so much or we wanted him to succeed. I feel like you because- I cheering for Walter. You weren't because you're you, because you're also the Scholar. But anyway, the point I'm making is, is because people are so infatuated with, First person narratives that or bible or being on top having control of women the list goes on when somebody comes out such as yourself and says you know this is kind of bullshit and because you are who you are in relation to the world people are just gonna That's look black like black lady folks yeah people <laughs> are just gonna look at it like oh my god this bitch is breaking our balls yeah this arrogant black bitch 
So uppity. I think the the historical term is uppity. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying, I don't fault you for that. I just understand how people are. Like nobody wants to hear that shit. <laughs> I know accountability is bullshit. I mean, it's just hard. Like it's it's hard to. Um, yeah, it's just hard. Like, and then uh, being oppressed is hard. Like, it's just, it's coming in every direction all the time, and we're so normalized to it. And so, like, when I'm trying to make myself, like, not accustomed to it and fall, because it is easier just to fall into it. It's like, fuck it, just, you know, why don't I just join a church and get a good job and, you know, find a nigga to lie to me and, <laughs> like, you know, and just post shit on Instagram. Like, why not? But at the same time, it's like, no, like, this, it's just like with the Santa Claus stuff. The truth is better. Like, this for is. Who? For who? For you. Ultimately, everyone. Like, living in lies leads to, like, 9-11. Those people were, like, in a bullshit fantasy where they were going to have a glorious afterlife because <laughs> they were listening to their, like, Muslim pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, I, the fact that, like, people think that that can't happen to us. Like, the fact that if you get lulled into bullshit, just like that bad vegan lady. Like, if you get lulled in, like, by bullshit, you start to dull your ability to uh, be a logical thinker. Like, so once you start just going into bullshit all the time, and then that's where it becomes dangerous because then you're not engaging with reality. And that's how you get fucked up. That's how you get scammed all the time. Like, that's why it's so easy to scam Americans. Like, they're already running on so much bullshit. It's not hard to take on more bullshit. For sure, but again... It's hard. And that's it's hard. It, I I agree with you to a degree. I just all right. Let's leave there. I, Bye. No. Well, <laughs> I was just gonna leave with this. Well, I was just gonna make another comparison. I think again, it's hard when people feel or like something, and some fucker comes along and is like, "Hey, actually, we're not doing this in the right way, or we were not yeah, doing like this." Adam ruins everything. Like it. It is. <laughs> I think a lot of people have an inability to accept that. Because it, it, it's, it's basically that behavior of, well, this is the way we've always done it. So why would we change now? And the example of that would be um, not a direct example, but this still piggybacks on the overall auction conversation. It's like uh, how Young Thug and YSL are all locked up now. And everybody's oh, like, yeah, they're they're on conspiracy for like 50 murders and shit like what? that. And all black Twitter is saying is free them, free them, free them. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, whereas I don't want to see any black man, I don't like seeing people locked up, locked up in jail, people killed. But uh, exactly, that's the point I'm making. So I feel like, but if you come out like, because that's all I've been seeing on Twitter, and very rarely have I seen anyone who has said the thing. Um, I saw maybe one or two people who went online and were like, y'all want these people freed, but what about all the people who they fucking killed? And right. All that? Do like, they not deserve justice? Yeah. But no, they don't because we we want their music. We like the in their celebrity and they're this, this this figure, you know? So I feel like that's the same way it relates to the Bible when, um, what's his name? Um, Moses? No, not Moses. This is another rapper who got killed. Oh, shit. Um, uh, King Vine got killed a few, oh. a few uh, like last year. I think it was last year, the year before that, whatever. Within the last two years, um, all these people were like saddened by that. But it's like this person also allegedly. 
killed people. So then it's like it's the same way, like when people cheer for Ghost on Power. It's like this is the wrong ghost guy was my to nigga. cheer for. Like what? Said so Ghost was my nigga. Why though? Same thing with these rappers. Why? Because he killed a lot of people. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see people getting killed. I just understand. Like that's the game. Okay. But it's the same thing, though, right? Because it's like it's a thing you enjoy, so like you don't want to necessarily be like, "Oh, this person is like actually the bad guy in this situation." No, he's terrible. Yeah, I don't model myself saying. after that nigga. Exactly. Like <laughs> I just thought, I just like, for me, power hit different nice because that was one of the first times. That was really, really the only time you see a man whose suits fit. Like when that very rarely happens. Most people don't have their stuff tailored. So like when you see a okay, man so in that, well-tailored that's where suit, I'm going with it. That was the first time because I feel like a lot of times when we see sh- shows about gangsters or criminals and it portrays black people, we always we j- not always, but we tend to be like. The shitty criminals. So for me to watch somebody like Ghost, who was like highly intelligent and like, I mean, you can argue like he wasn't really that fucking smart. But like the way the way yeah. that he just he moved to it. It sounds like Tasha set up a lot of it. Well, you know, behind every man. Yeah. But um, and, and that was, was but I mean, that was ultimately his downfall, too, in a way, was he was just like, I don't fucking. We don't have to get into a whole ghost thing, a whole fucking power thing. The point I'm making is I just liked seeing a show where a black, because I like gangster shows, but I like shows. I don't want that shit in real life, people. Sure. Like, let's get this, let's get this correct. In real life, it's not great. All right. Well, so like next time on the Bible Breakdown, it looks like it's going to be pretty good because it looks like they're going to like Balak summons Balaam to curse Israel. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, and there's a dog. Oh, is this the one with the talking donkey? This is what, uh, oh, this will be exciting. This is what Shrek is, be- uh, the talking donkey from Shrek is based on. Didn't know that. Talking donkey from, the- there's a talking donkey in the Bible, people. No. Is that just, really what it's based on? Just like a fairy tale. Uh, I think so, yes. Okay. I know how, like, sneaky artists and animators yeah, are. Sure. Like, because the whole show, like, everything is based on a fairy tale, and yeah. I think that's kind of a nod to the fact that the Bible is a collection of fairy tales. So we should believe in it about as much as you do the Cinderella story, the Snow White story. And actually, they're perfect analogs because even if you use them as metaphor, they're terrible messages about life, about how you should be waiting for your prince to come or keep accepting abuse until your prince comes to rescue you. Um, Live with seven dudes and work for them for free and let dudes kiss you while you're knocked out. Like, yeah, all that. Who lived with seven dudes, Snow White? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, Snow White. Yeah. Like, dwar- dwarves do not let you stay with them without expect them. They was definitely beating. Yeah. Like, this isn't... So, get it, don't get it twisted. <laughs> There's fairy tales. And that, so, that's the thing. Like, so, yeah. Come back so we can learn about <laughs> Balaam's ass. And it's funny because in this version, they call it a donkey. But I remember in the old one, it was Balaam's ass. And that oh, was okay. funny. Because um, butts. Butts are ridiculous. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, this is great. And I like this. I liked it in, in person, so we got the energy yeah, this and was stuff. Great. And it and it kept me cool because I was like, yeah, I have to stay calm. Because sometimes when I'm alone in my closet, I can get a little fired up. Okay. Um. Oh wait. The Bible Bible breakdown at gmail.com. That's me. The yeah. Bible breakdown at gmail.com. Um. Yeah. Tune in. Love yeah, to hear from you people. Tap in. Mm-hmm. Oh, your body belongs to you. Have fun with it. Hey, just try to stay safe, man. Um, I do that too. People shooting up everywhere. They so. are. 
you know. Maybe it's because we worship a bloodthirsty, murdery God. And on that note, <laughs> peace.